0: Welcome back to Culture Shift here on 101.9 WDET for this Monday, June 8th. I hope you and your loved ones are doing safe and well, and uh, hopefully enjoying some of this beautiful afternoon we've got today uh, before the heat and humidity returns with a vengeance tomorrow. I'm Amanda LeClaire, and later on in the show, Andalisi will speak to Detroit photographer Joe Gall, also known as Camera Jesus, about a brand new project that he's been working on. Uh, But first up, we want to talk about how to deal with anger during stressful times. For the past three months, we've all been experiencing very shifting and challenging times. Amid a global health crisis that required us to uh, shelter in place, social distance, many of us losing our our income. And for the past week, the nationwide protests combating social injustice and police brutality that have spread uh, around the globe now All of this during an election year, adding another weighty layer. So yes, tension levels are high out there. And you may feel that your anger and aggression has also leveled up. So what we want to talk about is managing those adverse energies during these stressful times. Joining us to offer some insight and guidance is Dr. Brad Bushman. He's a professor of communication at Ohio State University with expertise in social psychology and aggression. We also want to hear from you If you've been feeling angst and an elevated uh, sense of anger, how have you been handling it? What questions do you have about being able to manage your own anger or the unnecessary anger you've seen or received from strangers or even friends, even at places like the grocery store? Call us at 313-577-1019. Tell us your experiences, whether it's something you've been dealing with yourself or you've been struggling to uh, help a family member or even a stranger deal with it. And we're going to welcome Dr. Brad to Culture Shift right now. Hi, Dr. Brad. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for joining the show today. And, you know, I want to uh, further set the tone of this discussion. Take us behind the science of anger and aggression and what is happening to a person internally and mentally uh, when we experience these heightened emotions.
1: Well, anger is an emotion. It's a response to a threat. Uh, The threat can be real or it can be imagined. And it ranges in intensity from, like, mild irritation to extreme rage. It's not necessarily what I would call a bad emotion. Um, Anger makes people feel strong. It makes people feel powerful. And it can motivate them to stand up for things they believe are right. And basically any movement has been fueled by anger, whether it's me Too movement, or the civil rights movement, or gay rights movement, or uh, you name the mo- you name the, mo- the feminist movement, um, you know, the, the movements we're seeing right now over the death of uh, George Floyd, you know, all of these are fueled by uh, the, the Black Lives Matter movement. They're all fueled by anger. So anger motivates people to try to solve problems.
0: Yeah, righteous anger can lead to a lot of positive changes in society as well. And I think one of the things when when the the, the pandemic and the lockdown first started happening is we would see online a lot of uh, cell phone videos captured of of people being uh, incredibly rude to grocery store employees or, or, or waiters or waitresses or people they came across, and, and I'm curious about that. Have you studied that sort of uh, ability when someone's under so much stress and they're not finding the proper outlet to deal with it?
1: Yeah, so uh, aggression can be either direct, in which you uh, direct it towards the person who provoked you, but it can also be uh, displaced, when you direct the aggression to an innocent target. And so, um, I would say that would be an example of displaced aggression, and people often resort to uh, displaced aggression when either the target that provoked them is not available um, or they fear uh, retaliation from um, uh, that target. So, you know, It's just a matter of being in the wrong place at the wrong time for those cash register employees and others.
0: Absolutely. And we want to hear from you as well. If you have been uh, maybe uh, working at Whole Foods, working at Target and been the object of somebody's misplaced aggression, how did you handle that situation? Uh, Call us at 313-577-1019, 313-577-1019. We'd love to hear from you. We're talking to Dr. Brad Bushman, by the way. He's a professor at Ohio State University. And now, uh, Dr. Brad, in, in your research, you've discussed the value of venting. And Sigmund Freud's catharsis theory, which includes that a uh, venting will produce a positive improvement in a person's uh, psychological and emotional state, uh, but repressed emotions can build and cause the exact opposite of, uh, of any kind of positive outcome. Can you uh, break down your take on that?
1: Yeah, actually, it's not valuable at all. Venting is about the worst thing you can do. So um, when it comes to anger, a good metaphor to think about is you know a pressure cooker on a stove and people only think there are two options when the pressure builds up in a in a pressure cooker they can either try to hold, stuff it inside and hold down the 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 pressure or they can vent it and both of those are actually pretty destructive if you try to stuff the anger down inside it can lead to illness and cardiovascular disease, for example, but the same thing happens if you try to express it. It can also lead to cardiovascular disease, but it's even worse if you express it, like venting it, because uh, then it can lead to uh, anger and aggression against uh, other uh, people. You know, I don't know if you've heard the old joke, uh, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Um, The answer is practice, practice, practice. Well, how do you become an angry, aggressive person? The answer is the same, practice, practice, practice. And when people um, vent their anger, that's exactly what they're doing. They're practicing how to behave more aggressively. They hit, they kick, they swear, they shout. And... um, One of the things angry people do is they ruminate about what made them angry. Well, if you're venting, you're just thinking more about it, which makes it worse. So it keeps aggressive thoughts and angry feelings alive. But there are other options that people have, and that's to turn down the heat. You know, if the pressure cooker is building up pressure you can turn down the heat and that's
0: what I advocate. You know on that point and and I hate to uh, use this metaphor because it it has to do with animals but you think of uh, a a, a frog being boiled slowly or a lobster you know you turn up the heat to the point where they don't realize or know until it is too late and the water is boiling. How does a person when they begin experiencing the beginnings of that sort of pressure, how do they, what are signs that they can, they can recognize to stop themselves from getting to a boiling point?
1: Well, um, I think it's pretty recognizable, actually, you know, people, you know, at least in, in terms of intense uh, feelings of anger, you know, people, people know they're angry. They don't wonder whether they're angry. Um, they know they're angry, but, question is, when you become angry, what do you do about it? For most people, it's a negative emotion uh, that they want to get rid of. So, you know, how do you get rid of it? Well, I've already said that stuffing it inside is not a good option and expressing it or venting it is even a worse option. Um, so, uh, I don't know if you'd like me to talk about how to, uh, get, how to get rid of it because there are many effective uh, research has shown there are many effective ways to get rid of anger and aggression.
0: Absolutely, and I would love you to, but I, I think we're going to take a call right now. Don't forget, you can call okay. us at 313-577-1019 to speak to Dr. Brad Bushman. We are talking about anger and misplaced anger due to stress, because we have all been under quite a lot of stress uh, just this past year. So we're going to be going to Cantrell in Toledo. Cantrell, welcome to Culture Shift.
2: Hello, hello.
0: Hi, and you Hello. have How a you question doing? for the doctor, yeah.
2: Well, well doctor, uh, I, I was calling because uh, I understand about anger and everything. I, I'm just concerned that in this uh, great movement that's going on, people aren't thinking about and going to the root cause of uh, that police officer's anger and a lot of other people's anger that sometimes they don't even realize what they're angry by, And I think it's, you know, white supremacy, because for you to kill someone that you don't even know, and most of these officers don't know the people, just like um, Chauvin didn't know um, Floyd. He didn't know him, but he was angry at him enough to kill him uh, in cold blood. And I think that, you know, we need to look at the root causes of that anger and some of that um, uh, complacency. Like I got coworkers who doing the rest of these killings, they say, oh, he should have complied. And I'm like, well, even if he didn't comply, did you have to kill a guy? So what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, well, the root cause is threat. And for far too long, um, white people have been a threat to black people in this country for hundreds of years. And, you know, frankly, they're tired of it. And that's why the Black Lives Movement uh, surfaced, that people are just – Frustrated and angered over the fact that, you know, police officers, for example, are 21 times more likely to kill a black man than a white man. That's just a shocking, horrible um, statistic. And so anger is what fuels these protests, you know, people who are out there on the street.
2: Oh, okay. You're talking about the protests. I'm talking about what made the officer mad. Okay. And and what makes the, the perpetrators of these hate crimes what makes them mad. This particular kind of hate crime is race-based. Um, I think yeah, white supremacy, well, do, you, do you think white supremacy plays a role in uh, the subjugation of um, non-white people worldwide, or do you think it's something other than Yeah, that? for
1: sure. Yeah, it definitely does. And, you know, people, um, like I said at the very beginning, anger is a response to a real or imagined threat. So, you know, far, you know, maybe the I can't speak for that police officer. Um, What that police officer uh, did seemed, you know...
0: Oh, I was be really trying to get a hold of Dr. Uh, Bushman. We accidentally <laughs> just dropped him. But Cantrell, thank you oh so much. Thank you so much for your call. And I do really appreciate you listening to uh, the show today. Uh, this is Culture Shift here on 1019 WDET. And we talked to Dr. Brad Bushman. We're also really interested in taking your calls. 313-577-1019 is the number to call Three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. We are talking about the uh, the the science of anger and aggression, and especially uh, what are the healthiest ways to go about expressing that, and what are some of the unhealthy ways to go about expressing that. And we are going to go back to Doctor Doctor Brad. Are you there again?
1: Yeah. Sorry, I don't know what happened. Oh, no, I that, actually my
0: fault. I, I take full responsibility for that.
1: <laughs> um, so. Uh, I think, uh, you know, it's impossible to say what happened in a specific case, but but it doesn't take an actual threat, just an imagined threat um, to trigger uh, anger feelings. And also, not all aggression and violence is fueled by anger. Some, you know, researchers distinguish between sort of hot-blooded, which is um, impulsive, hostile, reactive aggression, and cold-blooded, which is instrumental or proactive aggression. So, um, not all aggression or violence is fueled by anger; just the reactive kind.
0: You know, I, I want to throw you, hopefully not too much of a curveball, uh, Dr. Brad. But, but when you talk about again the the officer that uh, killed George Floyd, and in, in the amount of police violence that we have seen over the past long years but best be the past few years should police departments should there be some sort of test some sort of psychological test that measures a person's inherent uh inherent uh ability you know ability to jump to to such an angry state or the anger that they're holding on to
1: um i think In any situation, there are individual factors, and there are also situational factors. And you can screen people on these individual factors, but I think it's also valuable to teach things like conflict resolution and how to de-escalate a a situation of conflict without resorting to violence. Violence shouldn't be the, the first response. It should be the last response if it's used at all. And so... I think both of those factors can uh, play a role. But some people are prone to anger and aggression, and those are the last people who should be on uh, uh, a police force.
0: And we've got another call from Margaret in Northville. Margaret, thank you for calling Culture Shift. You're on the air. Well, thank you for
3: taking my call. I was interested in wanting to follow up on the comment that was made earlier by the caller about the— the anger, the source of anger of Officer Chauvin. And I first started thinking about this when I saw Michael Moore's film, I think it was Bowling for Columbine, that a lot of the source of white anger, and and just to be clear, I'm not justifying it, but I'm just trying to understand it. I think a lot of the source is a threat and is fear and is also intertwined guilt, because I think still to this day, there is a lot of white guilt over our history of slavery. And I think sometimes the fear of the black community is a fear of black anger. And I think that, that a lot of us, a lot of white people feel like, you know, maybe it's it's deserved, you know, maybe we, our hands are guilty, you know, and, and we've benefited from the history of of slavery in this country. So I think that it's very complicated. And I think there's a lot of intertwined feelings.
0: So, Margaret, I think what you're trying to say is the the role of of the guilt then being, you know, not wanting to be addressed and then covered up with aggression and anger. Plus,
3: Plus, I think there are a lot of white males that, you know, it's easy to just say white supremacy as a label, but I think that they have a fear that they are losing their status as being white males Economically, um, politically, and I think that they are fearing that they're slipping down the the, the, the status that they've had throughout our throughout our history.
0: Yeah, doctor. Yeah, yeah, go ahead.
1: Uh, those are excellent points. I really um, resonate with what the caller is saying.
0: Uh, Dr. Brad, did you have any, uh, you've studied anger uh, on an individual level. Have you studied it at a broader level, a, a, a group or a cultural level?
1: No, so I'm a psychologist, and psych- psychologists usually study things at an individual level. Uh, sociologists study things at a, a group level. So um, so my focus has been on the per the the individual, the single person.
0: Okay, and we're going to try to go to another caller right now. Odo in Plymouth. odo yes, thank you. How you doing? To-
1: uh, it, it's Otto. Otto. <laughs> deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to say, I had a wonderful professor for psychology one hundred and one at Oakland Community College, and he had one key point to us for us to take away with, and I've used it my whole life, which is anger is simply unmet expectations, and. Analyzing the situation from that, it's really clear to see why both sides are angry. Because, you know, I mean, I, yeah, the expectations we just discussed for the police officers, and just the fact that rights aren't being realized in this country—that
2: um, that'll make you angry. Those are some big unmet expectations, and uh, I think it's just a cool saying. And uh, I'll take my comments off there. All
1: right. Thank yeah. You thank you, so much, you for the excellent comment. That was really good.
0: Uh, You know, Dr. Brad, one more question for you. So so as we talked earlier, there are alternative methods of of releasing uh, anger and rage and aggression and all these things that we've talked about already. Um, Right. I do have one question, though. You know, it's often stated that we lash out at those closest to us having a bad day at work or having a uh, uh, getting getting stopped for a traffic ticket or something and then taking it out on. Your kids, or your spouse, or your significant other—is there? What's the truth of this, and why is it easy sometimes to project our internal frustration onto those that we ostensibly care about the most?
1: Um, Yeah, well, that's really tragic and sad that that often uh, happens, and often people target their anger and aggression towards weaker people. than themselves, people who have less power or less authority than themselves. I would like to be, I would like to say something though about how to get rid of anger because stuffing it and venting it are, are not good ways to get, get rid of anger at the individual level. So in, any emotion like anger has two components. One is a physiological component. Our heart rate increases, our blood pressure increases. So uh, and the other is the label or the cognitive, meaning we give the emotion. So one way to get rid of anger is to reduce the arousal, um, such as by taking deep breaths or listening to calming music. Maybe your grandma told you to count to 10 when you became angry before you said anything. Thomas Jefferson said count to 100 instead, and that's because arousal dissipates uh, over time. Um, And in in terms of uh, mental uh, tactics, um, you can distract yourself or turn your attention to more uh, pleasant uh, topics, Uh, adopt a more distant, uh, detached perspective, like a fly on the wall. Uh, We've done research showing that. And also do something incompatible with anger and aggression, like petting a puppy or watching a comedy or kissing your lover or helping somebody in need, because those can drive out the angry feelings.
0: Puppies. Puppies definitely take care of a lot of anger, I'd say. (laughs) Yeah, we we, we should have like a roving band of uh, puppies coming by, I think, everybody's houses (laughs) during this pandemic. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Brad Bushman. You are a professor at Ohio State University, and I really appreciate you coming on the show today. My pleasure. Thanks. And you are listening to Culture Shift on 1019 WDET. Lots more coming up in this hour of the show. In a few minutes, Andalisi will be sitting down with Detroit photographer Joe Gall. You may know him from his uh, large Instagram presence as Camera Jesus. She'll talk about a brand new project that he's a part of. That's 1019 WDET. More next.